While some spiritual thinkers talk a lot about the body being a temple, there are others who like to describe the human body as a meat suit, which I really hate. I mean, like, ew! It makes me think of animal carcasses hanging up in a butcher shop. Well, anyway, however you choose to think about your physical body, it's the temporary vessel that houses our eternal spirit and divine essence. And regardless of how much attention you put on your eternal spirit and divine essence, it's still very important to pay attention to your body. Because your physical body is the tool that receives and transmits messages for your spirit to interpret. So tune into this episode to learn how your body is actually a magic wand. Welcome to the You Are The Spell podcast with Aunt Carla. Join me each episode as I teach witches and other spiritual practitioners how to develop magical confidence and sovereignty in their practice. To start the discussion of how the body is a magic wand, I suggest that we start from the inside, which means our spirit. You may have heard the saying, we are not human beings having a spiritual experience, We are spiritual beings having a human experience. But have you ever considered what that really means? To me, that's a reminder of how we are made from spirit. And when you think about it, no matter matter what your physical body looks like, whether it's tall, short, slim, or thick, your spirit is really the best part of you. When we die, all that's left of us is a shell of skin and bones, while our spirit the thing that animates that shell, it goes somewhere else. And many of us believe that our spirit lives on forever. There's a school of thought that says that each of us, before we incarnated on this earth as humans, that our spirit agreed that we have some kind of work to do while we are here on earth. And that this is work that we wouldn't be able to do without this physical body. Our spirit could be floating around in the astral plane somewhere, but it might not be able to see or touch, dance, sing, scream, listen, etc. without having a physical body to express its needs. So thinking about this now, it reminds me of a conversation I had with a friend earlier this week who admitted that she was just starting to get comfortable with her body and what it looked like in a bathing suit. At the time, I said, well, you know, our bodies are the only ones that we have, so we might as well make peace with it. Now, we were talking about summer bodies and how they looked in bathing suits, but when I now view this conversation through the lens of how our body is a home for our spirit, our soul, our divine essence, I feel surprisingly less self-conscious. Think about it. What does your size or your shape really have to do with your soul's divine mission? I'm pretty sure that my divine mission isn't to be a supermodel. If anything, my divine mission is to live a life of my own choosing and inspire others to do the same. And having a belly and big thighs, that's not really keeping me from doing that. So the summer is going to get whatever body I bring to it and my spirit is gonna tell me what it wants, and I'm gonna listen. 
One way that our spirit speaks to us is through our intuition, which is probably the most important skill a spiritual practitioner can have. And that's because intuition is where the spiritual meets the physical. So what is intuition? Well, intuition is a complex phenomenon and it's not fully understood by psychics or scientists. It's believed to be a product of the interaction of the brain, the nervous system, and the body. The brain, it plays a central role in intuition as it's responsible for processing information from the senses, storing memories, and making decisions. When we are faced with a new situation, the brain uses our past experiences and knowledge to generate a sense of what is likely to happen. And the sense of what is likely to happen is what we call intuition. Now, the nervous system also plays a role in intuition. The nervous system is responsible for sending signals throughout the body. These signals can affect our emotions, our thoughts, and our physical sensations. For example, if we are in a situation that makes us feel anxious, our nervous system will send signals to our heart, our muscles, and our gut. These signals can cause us to feel a sense of unease or a gut feeling that something is wrong. Now, the body also plays a role in intuition as the body is constantly sending signals to the brain about its state of health and well-being. These signals can affect our emotions, our thoughts, and our intuition. For example, if we're not getting enough sleep, we may be more likely to make impulsive decisions or to have negative thoughts. So the first thing I would say is to work on your intuition so you can begin to trust those feelings. Because when we ignore those intuitive hits, which I also call divine downloads, that's when we get into trouble. So whenever anyone is embarking upon a magical journey, I always recommend that they learn how to read their intuition, how to trust it, and how to own that as a power. Now, without a physical body, your body wouldn't be able to see, touch, taste, hear, yada, yada, yada. And our bodies send and receive messages for your spirit to interpret. And one message your body might receive could be a strictly physical one, such as, oh my God, this macaroni and cheese tastes amazing. But another message, it might be spiritual, such as smelling your dead grandmother's favorite perfume suddenly, like out of the blue, which lets you know that her spirit is nearby. So both of those messages were received through your body. But today we're interested in the spiritual messages, which leads us to an introduction of the Clares. The Clares, C-L-A-I-R-S. <laughs> um, the Clares are a group of psychic abilities that allow people to perceive information beyond the five senses, also known as extrasensory perception, beyond the senses, over and above, extra ESP. Now, the word Claire comes from the French word for clear, and each Claire refers to a different way of receiving information on that alternate level. So the five main Claires are clairvoyance, which is clear seeing, 
That is the ability to see images, visions, or symbols that are not visible to the physical eye. Clairaudience means clear hearing, and that's the ability to hear voices, sounds, or music that's not audible to the physical ear. Then there's clairsentience or clear feeling. That's the ability to feel sensations, emotions, or vibrations that are not physically present. There's claircognizance, clear knowing, which is the ability to know things without any conscious reasoning or logical deduction. And there's also clairgustance or clear tasting. This is the ability to taste things that are not physically present. Now, it's important to note that not everyone has all of the clairs, and some people might only have one or two. And additionally, the strength of one's clairs can vary from person to person. So for me, clairvoyance is not my thing. Like, I don't really have dreams. I, I, I barely remember them. And I definitely don't see visions or, or ghosts or anything like that. But clairaudience, the ability to hear voices and sounds and music, that is definitely my jam. I can hear messages and songs. Like I can hear a song and, and know that it's trying to tell me something. Like I get like a kind of buzz when I hear a particular song or a particular lyric. And I know that it's related to something I'm thinking about or something I'm working on. Uh, similarly, my spirit guides talk to me in my ear. Like I hear messages, I hear words, I hear sentences. I feel or I hear guidance all the time. Um, I think I'm also, no, I know that I'm also claircognizant. There are times I just know stuff and I don't know how I know it. I just know that I know it. And, um, you know, that, that can come in handy, you know, when you're trying to make decisions. Um, and I know some people who are claircognizant, it really, you know, it's either a blessing or a curse when it comes to knowing what your partner is doing. So if your partner is cheating on you, for example, you might not have any proof, but somehow you know. And then some people they'll keep looking or keep uh, bugging their partner till the truth comes out. So those are the five main clairs. There are other ones that are out there, and you can definitely look into those to find out um, what they are. So if you're interested in developing your clairs, there are a number of things you can do. One is to practice meditation and mindfulness. Meditation can help you to quiet your mind and become more open to receiving information from your clairs. And mindfulness can help you to pay attention to your intuition and to trust your gut feelings. Another thing you can do is to practice visualization. Visualization is the process of creating mental images of what you want to happen. And when you visualize, you're using your imagination to create a clear and vivid picture of your desired outcome. So this can also help to strengthen your, your clairvoyance and your clairaudience. And finally, you can also work with a psychic or an intuitive development coach. An intuitive development coach can help you to identify your clairs and how to develop them further. They can also help you how to help. They can also help you use your clairs to make better decisions. If you want to learn more about writing your own spells, sign up for my Spellcraft mini course. 
The link is in the description below. When it comes to creating and performing your own spells, remember that you are the biggest part of the process. You are the largest ingredient. So let's talk about your actual physical body. While some spiritual thinkers talk a lot about the body being a temple, there are others who like to describe the body as a meat suit, which I really hate. I mean, like, ew. <laughs> it makes me think of animal carcasses hanging up in a butcher shop. Anyway, however you choose to think about your physical body, it is a temporary vessel that houses our eternal spirit and divine essence. And regardless of how much attention you put on your eternal spirit and divine essence, it's still very important to pay attention to your body because your physical body is the tool that receives and transmits messages for your spirit to interpret. When you are seeking to create transformation using magic, it's important that you start with getting your body and mindset right before proceeding. The energy that you bring to the ritual is important, so make sure that your physical body is rested and well-fed before getting started. If you are low energy, your results will be the same. So if you have to go to bed early in order to wake up early to perform a spell, so be it. Now to be sure, there are spiritual paths that require that their members refrain from eating, sleeping, before performing rituals, but that is the outside, that's outside of the scope of what I'm teaching. If the spiritual tradition that you follow requires that your body be elevated by using methods like hunger or exhaustion, then by all means, follow what your elders have taught you. As for me, there have been times when I've spent hours gathering ingredients for a spell. You know, I've gone shopping, I've gone to several stores to buy herbs and candles and get offerings, etc., etc. And when I got home, I was just too pooped to perform the ritual. So if there's some kind of timing that I feel can't wait, I'll push through and I'll go ahead and do that spell. But other times I'll go to bed and I'll do the ritual the next morning. And I know that we've been told about midnight and the witching hour, but I've done spells in the morning before heading to work. And let me tell you, the results were great. Spells require that your focus and energy be strong. So if you're ever in that situation where you're exhausted or sleepy, don't be afraid to take a little nap or try in the morning or even the next evening if it makes sense for your spell. Your magic will benefit from your body being rested and your mind being focused. Next up, I want to hone into the physical body with a discussion of sensory elements and how you can use your senses to create powerful magic. Designing your own spell, it's highly personal as it should be, and there is no limit to spell books on the market. But once you begin to learn the basics of magic, you'll want to include various sensory elements that are meaningful to you. One area of psychology, neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP for short, it teaches that people tend to perceive their world primarily by one of their senses, visual, auditory, kinesthetic, or auditory digital. For example, if you are a visual person, 
You may find that you remember information better when you see it. You may prefer looking at pictures or reading books and magazines. If you are an auditory person, you may prefer to listen to lectures, audiobooks, and podcasts. If you are a kinesthetic person, you may prefer to learn by doing with hands-on experiences. Your sense of smell, sense, and touch will also have a bigger effect on you than something you read in a book. If you are an auditory digital person, this refers to how you process information after you experience it. For example, self-talk, logic, and process. This representational system isn't related to your senses, but what makes sense to you? NLP, it teaches that when you identify which sense is your primary sensory system, you can use that knowledge to influence yourself and learn information faster. And when you identify the primary sense of other people, you can use that information to connect and communicate with them better. But last but not least, when you identify your strongest senses, you can also tap into them in order to develop your psychic abilities. For example, if you're primarily visual, you may also be clairvoyant and receive intuitive messages through dreams or visions. If you are primarily auditory, you may also be clairaudient and receive intuitive messages from songs and voices heard only in your head. If you are primarily kinesthetic, you may also have clairsentience or clairgustance when you smell, feel, or taste things that aren't physically present. And if you are primarily auditory digital, you may have claircognizance and know things without any conscious reasoning or logical deduction. So you see how those things kind of translate? So once you've determined your primary sensory preferences, keep them in mind when choosing sensory elements in your spells. So let's start with visual elements. As most of us use our eyes to navigate through the world, we can definitely incorporate visual elements. And depending on how, how preferential this sense is to you, you can think about using stuff like colors symbols and shapes, vision boards, candles, letters of intention, journaling. Those are elements that you can incorporate in your ritual that are involving that visual element. And when you see these items while you're participating in a ritual, it's a constant visual reminder that your magic is in process. Now, auditory is next. And some of us, including myself, are affected primarily by how things sound and how we can be influenced by using certain tools that make sounds, such as using an incantation or rhyme in our ritual. You could have a petition letter that you read aloud. You might use power words or spoken affirmations. You might incorporate music and have a theme song for your spell or your ritual. You might have a power playlist where you pay, where you play several songs that are all in alignment with your desired outcome. 
Journaling is also considered auditory because you're hearing the words in your mind. Now, you might also use uh, magical tools such as gongs and chimes to, to add that extra auditory, you know, boom into your rituals. Same thing with ringing bells and singing bowls. And of course, you can use meditation music and binaural beats and other tones. Now, hearing, speaking, and singing these elements is an auditory reminder that your magic is in, pro- is, is in process. So maybe some of those elements might appeal to you. And then there's also the kinesthetic elements. Our senses of smell, taste, and touch can also be powerful tools when designing any kind of ritual of transformation. We use You can use in essential oils, whether you're using them on your candles or on your body, on your person, you're using them in a spiritual bath. Intention walks. Some people like to take a walk as they are meditating, but they're getting their, their physical body involved by moving. Also, emotional freedom technique, also known as tapping. That's a modality that people use for creating change and uh, breaking habits and changing different emotional responses. Also, self-care activities, things that you do for yourself that make you feel good that also can be added to your rituals. Things like clothing and jewelry. You might wear a particular robe or you might have a jewelry that you wear for a particular for a particular ritual. On the other side of things, you might like to be naked, also known as sky clad. That's how you're feeling your body or it might just be a part of your particular your particular spiritual practice. Journal scripting is also considered kinesthetic because you have that pen or pencil in your hand and you are writing. You are moving your body. You are feeling the paper. You are feeling that pen. And then dancing. Uh, ecstatic dancing, for example, is a tradition that has been in many different cultures. So that's another way that you can experience your ritual through movement. So smelling, tasting, touching, feeling, moving are kinesthetic reminders that your magic is in process. Now, the final sensory element is are the auditory digital elements. And as we said before, it's not about um, it's not about how how you feel, but how it feels to you. So if you are an auditory digital person, you will be attracted to the elements that make the most sense to you. And in that case, you can use any elements that are logical. And it might sound weird to some of you that I mentioned logic and magic in the same sentence, but magic exists. And there are many witches for whom logic fits right into their magical mix. And these are the same witches who appreciate learning about the psychology of magic. So if that makes sense, this whole entire lesson is for you. Your brain is a powerful tool in your magician's toolbox. And one of the most powerful ways to use it is through auto-suggestion. The classic success manual, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, highlights personality traits that are shared by the most successful and wealthy individuals in history. One of the most important personal traits mentioned is auto-suggestion, 
which is the ability to train yourself to succeed. For witches, magicians, and other spiritual practitioners, auto-suggestion involves reminding yourself over and over of your power. This is not something that anyone can do for you. Once you set your intention, it is your responsibility to remain focused on your goal. And one way to stay focused is to remind yourself with whatever methods are at your disposal. If you're a visual person, you might create a vision board on Pinterest that you add a new picture to every day. If you are auditory, you might play a power song every day to get you in alignment with your goal. When I was doing my love magic, I played the song Vision of Love by Mariah Carey every morning. And I lit a candle as I contemplated my desired outcome and it kept me in the mood. If you are a kinesthetic, you might take an intention walk around the block each day while thinking about your desired outcome. The best part is that you get to choose. Tap into your primary senses and remind yourself of your power and your desired outcome. So I hope that this episode made you think deeper about your body and how many physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and psychological layers are involved in creating your own powerful spells. Come back to this episode if you want to know more or go deeper, or just remember that your summer body has very little to do with your soul's divine mission. And that's because you are magic. If you want to learn more about writing your own spells, sign up for my Spellcraft mini course. The link is in the description below. Thanks for tuning in. Remember to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. And be sure to tell all your witchy friends. If you have a question or comment, drop me a line at theredsoulflower at gmail.com. That's S-O-U-L-F-L-O-W-E-R. And I'd love to hear from you. You can also join the Red Soul Flower Magic family on Facebook to continue the conversation.